Hey guys, it's Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have Eric Aft with me, the CEO of Second Harvest Food Bank. Hey, Eric. Hey, Brooke. Good to be with you. How's it going? It's busy, but as I always tell people, it's crazy, good, crazy, but in a good way. Yeah. I tell people that all the time, too. I'm like, it's crazy, but crazy good. I'm I'm grateful for the craziness. So, okay, we have some fun things to talk about today, but before we get started, I have my pod deck here with some questions for you to get to know Eric. You ready? Makes makes me a little nervous, (laughs) but sure. (laughs) Nothing to be nervous about. Oh, this is interesting. If you could look through one person's email without them knowing, whose email would you look through? (laughs) You know, I... I really actually probably wouldn't look through anyone's because <laughs> no, I would feel, I, I, would feel I, too I, bad. I, that is like such an invasion of privacy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would really say no one. And, you know, by nature, I'm curious about like how to address community issues and, you know, things around my work. But the, the reality is, is that, uh, you know, people's personal business is their personal business. That's right. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. If everything in your house had to be one color, what color would you choose? Uh, chartreuse. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> I, you know, probably kind of a a slate blue, something a little lighter than that. Okay. You Not know. too hard on the eyes. Right, but a little bit interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so. White would be terrible. Be, yeah. It would get boring, but like hot pink would be a little much. <laughs> exactly. And nothing, you know, slate blue is actually kind of dark. So, but I wouldn't want light blue either. Yeah. So I don't know. Some, <laughs> Tough question. Some form of blue. I like it. Okay. Would you rather go 30 days without your phone or your entire life without dessert? Definitely my without my phone. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's only 30 days. That's only 30 days. And you know, it, it actually would be so healthy. To, oh my to gosh. You're telling me But I mean, being the CEO of a, of a company would be a little difficult to go 30 days without your phone. You know, uh, yeah. there's, there's so many other ways to communicate. There's yeah. landlines, you know, you what? can actually What's that? do <laughs> <laughs> We still have them. Mine sits on do not disturb all the time in my office. So if I get. Yeah. Eric, don't forget we have a millennial. I know. The landline. <laughs> exactly. Are there a number? The thing where you like dial the circular thing? Yeah, exactly. The, the little rotary dial. I could probably figure no. it out, but it would be a challenge. Like I'm not, I'm not that young, but I, I could figure that out. <laughs> if I had to. That's funny. So. What all is going on at Second Harvest Food Bank right now? You guys have done, I want to just talk for a minute. You guys have done such a fabulous job with helping so many people during this pandemic. It's been incredible to watch. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Brooke, I appreciate that. I mean, the fact is, is our team has really stepped up because our community has enabled us to, to do so. They have supported us in so many ways to help us to get more food out than we ever would have imagined possible. But, you know, that when we knew in mid-March, uh, a year ago, mid-March, that this was a very significant challenge, you know, we met you know, on a Sunday afternoon, all day, talking about how we were going to do business differently. And from that moment, our team just rallied and have, we've never stopped. And we have seen an acceleration of services and doing things in creative and new ways that, again, we didn't know we'd be called to do. But the fact is, is we're ready to do it. Yeah. You're, it's been interesting to watch lots of businesses. Like when you're forced to pivot, 
you just, this creativity just kind of happens and you're like, okay, we got to make this happen and we're going to do this, this, and this. And you just make it work. That's exactly right. And, you know, there was, you know, from touchless distribution to who's going to remain offsite so we could be safe and basically have a backup crew in case we had, you know, a lot of virus cases on site. We could then have kind of shift to come in and make sure that we are responsive to the, the need in the community. And, you know, it was it was and it remains significant right now. Um, what probably the most telling thing that we that came out, especially during kind of the early to mid part of the pandemic is that we had almost half of the individuals seeking assistance who had never sought help before. Mm. And um, the fact is, is that people who seek assistance don't do it that often anyway. I mean, people may be surprised to uh, realize how few times people come each to, to get food and assistance. ask for help. Exactly. Yeah. Probably uh, hard to do. It's hard to ask for help. It is. Nobody wants to. I've been doing this kind of work for 30 years. And... Um, you know, in all kinds of human service roles. And the fact is, is that nobody likes to, to come forward. Yeah. But, you know, we've, we, we will distribute over 50 million pounds of food across our region this year. And wow. uh, it's an amazing increase, but we are called to do. And again, we can't thank the community enough for helping us to, to make that possible. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. So I know that the summer months um, are a bigger hunger challenge than ever. The schools are out. The kids are not getting, you know, that same food that they're used to from school. Uh, tell us about the Hunger for Change capital campaign, campaign and how that's kind of intertwined with the summer months. Well, the the capital campaign is really about the entire future of our work. And, okay. Uh, we are in a facility that we've been in really since the early 90s, about 1990, and we've just outgrown it. We, It can be, if, if, you've, if you ever have a chance to visit us, you can see that we probably outgrew it about a decade ago, <laughs> and we've just managed through it. Yeah. And, you know, a little more than a decade ago, we were distributing 9 million pounds of food. And, and you said 50 million this year? It will reach 50. Wow. And um, we're just... You know, to be able to respond to the need as well as be creative in our hunger responses, because we're not just about food distribution. We do nutrition education. We do SNAP outreach. Of course, we have the wonderful Providence Culinary Training Program and a lot of different things going on. We have just outgrown our space. We're landlocked. We can't build up. And we really needed to find a new home that made sense for us. And so the hunger for change will transform what we do. It will more than double our cold storage capacity. And what's important about that is you can imagine your own home is what is the healthiest stuff you have around? In the fridge. Exactly. Yep. And so the more that we have capacity to store and distribute cold items, it, that means we're getting more fresh food out to the community. And so that'll be a key piece. We're going to be expanding on our job training activities, building our nutrition education, be able to host more volunteers, making us even more efficient than our already incredible efficiency that we do now. Um, so that hunger for change campaign is really a chance for people to invest in the future okay. of what we do. Have y'all found a new spot yet? Are you still looking? No, we do have a new home and we are going to be breaking ground in July. Oh, uh, exciting. So in Whitaker Park. And okay. So as the old Reynolds location is being repurposed in a lot of different ways, uh, we are going to be part of that that uh, new location where a few others are, are going. Uh, 
developer Chris Harrison, who's done some stuff downtown. He's going to be our next door neighbor. Awesome. Um, he'll have there'll be an apartment complex and some other things he's doing. But our home will be right at the corner of Reynolds Boulevard and Shore Fair. Okay. And so breaking ground in July, and then I'm sure that's gonna that's a huge undertaking. So that will probably take a while to get. It does. It'll take an entire year. Yeah. Uh, but the good news is, again, you know, we'll be able to function. We've made sure that the transition will uh, take place in a way that ensures that we will not miss a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you referenced the summer months, you know, we're gearing up for that and, and doing more than we've probably, we probably d- did more than we've ever done last summer, but yeah. this summer is still at a heightened um, you know, level of assistance, including mm-hmm. 46 sites where we're going to be helping kids out through, um, uh, through about five of our counties that we serve. Okay. Uh, of course, right here in Forsyth is being the main one and then Guilford as, as well but uh, a lot of other places to make sure we're getting food to where kids are going to be mm-hmm. because they won't have those, those school meals to help out. Yeah. That's awesome that y'all are, that y'all are doing that. So how can we help? Can we volunteer? Can we donate donations? Is donating food better, money better? All the uh, things. Tell yeah, us all the things. Absolutely. Well, volunteering is, is critical for us, especially right now. Uh, you know, with the pandemic, all of us, you know, well, not all of us because our team needed to be on site to distribute food, but, you know, everybody had to be safe and huddle in their homes for a while. So we lost our volunteers Mm -hmm. and we have on average 6,200 volunteers who give enough hours. It's like we have 22 full-time equivalent employees. Wow. And so that's amazing. It's incredible and it's generous. But when the pandemic hit, it was in essence like we lost 22 full-time employees. Yeah. Um, We were very fortunate that the North Carolina national guard was uh, deployed um, uh, to us and to help out for quite a while. I did not know that. Wow. It was very special. And um, the, the men and women of the guard are are terrific individuals and they filled roles that uh, were vital for us to be able to do, do our work in so many ways. And so they did a couple, um, I think they actually officially termed them cycles versus deployments. I think deployment is more of when it's um, um, other type of action, but they, they did a couple cycles with us and we had 70 to start with. And then we had a group of about 35 and they just finished in April Okay. Uh, and right now we're very fortunate. We have a few FEMA uh, core people. Who, they usually help out with disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, some young people helping us through mid-June. But what that really means is Mid-June, we need... We, yeah. And it's really even right now because there's yeah. only eight of them. Okay. Um, so if folks are willing to come out and volunteer with us again, we promise it's a safe environment. We still have heightened sanit- um, uh, cleaning that we do. And of course you know, following governor's orders and guidance around what is safe and distancing and masks and all that, that type of thing. So volunteering is, is vital. If you want to volunteer, how do you go about doing that? Best way. And it's true about donating as well is our website, which is second harvest NWNC, of course, stands for Northwest North Carolina.org. And 
there's a tab at at the top that says get involved and you can scroll down and find where to volunteer kind of um sign up you can look at shifts and what works for for your schedule um maybe you want to bring a couple family members out or maybe some folks you haven't seen from work for a while yeah uh, and come out and and help that's a great like work outing like i would love to get our team we need to do that to go come and volunteer so you can just pick like or do people do like recurring, like a shift a month or how do, how do people do it? Typically? It's all over the place. That's a, a big thing is we, yeah. we have a lot of wonderful recurring volunteers and, and there's a lot of different things to do. We Right now we are doing a lot of direct distributions out to the community mm-hmm. to enhance what our wonderful partner agency network uh, is providing. But so every Thursday, uh, almost always in downtown Winston-Salem, we're doing a distribution and we need volunteers that can help out in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's not always convenient for a huge number of folks, but if you can take a little time off for a few hours in the morning, you, it's really a hands-on activity um, that you can see the need. But what's also so cool about those. And when I go to those, I visit with the folks who are attending them and I thank them for coming. And, you know, they kind of look at me strange. You're like, you're giving us food. And I said, no, um, I asked them, what are you going to do with this food? And they said, well, um, we have need, but also I have a neighbor who doesn't have transportation. I have a neighbor who's sick. I have some older neighbors on average, every how every driver that pulls up they're helping four to six other families so it's it's people they're volunteering too exactly they're you know folks who are facing need are also filling needs of others and it's it's just what this community is all about i mean this is what we do here in winston-salem forsyth county and um it's very cool to see that's heartwarming to hear that it's like way more than you even think that you're giving out it's going to even more people yeah, I think even though we serve around 325 households every morning when we do those, is it's probably reaching, you know, about at least four times that. Wow. And so that's 1,200 households. You figure three, four folks, you know, you're talking, you know, thousands of people that are getting assistance. And if you come out and volunteer, you're part of that. Yeah. You're, you're you're part of that network that's making that happen. Well, I am here to verbally commit that the Forsyth Mags team will be volunteering soon. I'm going I'm to set that up. Awesome. Thank you. I have, I have not. I can't believe I haven't done that yet. Or maybe I did when I was like in high school, but it's been way too long. So time to get back out there. And Absolutely. Volunteer. <laughs> so tell us about donations. Obviously, yes. financial donations are great. Is there opportunities for food donations? There, there, there really are. And your question about is it better to do funds or food? And I get that a lot. And my, my answer, and it's a very heartfelt answer, is whatever someone is called to do is appreciated because they both make a tremendous difference. If somebody really pushed me and said, but I'm going to go to the grocery store or I'm going to write you a check or I'm going to go online and make a donation. I'd say go online and make that donation Yeah, because we can leverage those dollars and use them to target purchases uh, in ways of where the greatest need is at the moment. Yeah. Uh, So again, through our website, you know, there's a donate now kind of tab. There's, but there's also a way to do virtual food drives Oh, and, and a lot tell of, us about that. Well, That's very cool. It is. And what we identified are the, the highest need items that are out there. 
and basically set up a virtual drive. So you can go on and say, well, I want to purchase a can of green beans, low sodium green beans, um, or, you know, fruit packed in its own juices or some forms of meat or that type of thing. And you can challenge again, this is a great thing for companies who might have done food drives in the past, but it's just like, you know what, we have fewer people in the office, but we still want to have that camaraderie and we want to do something to make a difference together. Yeah. And our team can set up a food drive for an organization, a group, a club, uh, the uh, youth advisory council for the city, uh, human, uh, um, uh, I want to get, say it right. Human development. I'm not saying it right. Wanda's going to kill me. Um, But the Youth Advisory Council for the city just did one and raised over $5,000 for their virtual food drive. Um, That's good to know. I would have had no idea that that was even an option to do a virtual food drive. It's it's a lot of fun. And again, that helps us to target the food that is needed needed most. Yeah, because I know... I would imagine I've donated, I've um, volunteered at a food pantry before, and I would imagine the most needed foods are the those fresh fruits and fresh vegetables. But that's tricky because they go bad so quickly. Um, yeah, so it's you know you kind of to ensure that they are more shelf stable is you know the fruits in their own juices versus you know the sweetened juices mm-hmm. are, are not as healthy but you've got low sodium vegetables you know pasta especially whole wheat pasta but also you know you know tomato sauce peanut butter peanut butter you know and, and a lot of times it's like so what does your family what do you personally like to eat yeah then buy that or you know that's that's a simple, you know, what, what do people want? Just like, what do you want? Yeah. You know, <laughs> what do you like to eat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just be cautious that, you know, well, we really like Cheetos. Oh. It's like, okay, Cheetos are great, but you <laughs> want to not overdo the Cheetos. Yeah. So, uh, so tell us a little bit more about the nutrition education that, that y'all offer. Yeah. Cause I think that's so great. It, it Our team who does that is uh, fantastic. Kina Charles is our nutrition services director, but Eli, Shruti, Amanda, um, and Sam, who are all part of that, do a fantastic job. And we have uh, we use a Cooking Matters curriculum, um, whether we're going out or doing it virtually right now, to kind of train people about how do you um, you know prepare foods that are in your home, and how do you prepare healthy snacks and approach things, especially when your budget's kind of tight. How mm-hmm. do you use um, make choices around food as well as prepare it well so your family will really enjoy it and also reap the nutritional benefits. Um, So they're working with, um, you know, in rec centers with kids. We have some kids uh, programs that are, you know, just strictly for them so they can, again, know how to make choices or put together their own simple snacks Mm -hmm. Um, as part of that team, as well as we're doing SNAP outreach um, to make sure that people who are eligible for SNAP, which is Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, food stamps, Mm -hmm. or North Carolina makes it even more complicated because officially it's called the FNS or Food and uh, Nutrition Services. So if you hear FNS, SNAP, or food stamps, those are all the exact same things. Okay, okay, Um, good to know. Yeah, but we we help people who are eligible get, you make sure that they uh, uh, can 
receive that benefit as well. But the key part is helping people to understand how to use food well. Mm -hmm. And we partner with, oops, sorry, (laughs) um, um, so many different organizations to do that, um, to make sure we're reaching as many people as we can, whether it's rec centers um, through the city or uh, other nonprofit organizations. We really try to be out there to uh, uh, go where people are. Yeah. Do y'all have any type of community garden type things? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we really encourage those and a lot of our partners do. Um, the, the biggest one, there's the food bank garden at Cross Northern Children's Home. Oh, okay. Um, it is a multi-acre location that um, a wonderful group of community members volunteer to actually grow all kinds of foods from watermelons to carrots to tomatoes to um, uh, various you know types of lettuce Um, and it's it's incredible to to you go out there even you know the children's home right on Ronalda when you're in the food bank garden you kind of look around you're like you feel like you're in the middle of the country yeah (laughs) Um, so we benefit from the food that's uh, that's uh, planted and grown there. And uh, it's a it's a great resource. And then we have a lot of farmers, small farmers who will drop off periodically to the food bank and oh, that's awesome. we can get those out. And then there's a uh, um, the branch family up in Mount area, Mount Airy, um, who, you know, grow a number of acres of corn. And they have a big harvesting, a community harvesting of it. And fill a couple tractor trailer loads uh, full of uh, corn and wow. we get that out right away to uh, to That's the community. Awesome. That's so awesome. And I'm sure there's like restaurants or there are restaurants that donate things that like can't be quite used on their end, but you, it can be used on your end. You know, it's really tricky because right yeah. now we don't repurpose that. There are some groups that do that and we absolutely encourage, you yeah. know, um, you know, Brooke, one of the things we try to focus on this work is not about second harvest seed bank. This work is about trying to uh, respond to the needs of the community. So if other people are doing different parts of that response system, that's great. And one of those is what you mentioned is food rescue from Mm -hmm. restaurants. And there's some folks who do that in various ways. Also North Carolina is trying to figure out their rules and there's different rules in each County, depending on your health department about, what you can do along those lines. There's some places where um, once that food has been actually out and shown to the public, even if say you're, you know, there's a buffet and somebody took one scoop out, then technically all of us be thrown away. Yeah, it's It's terrible. And, um, you know, we were actually just recently advocating for some rule changes with uh, some some partners across the state to say, let's just make some more common sense rules. Yeah. Um, But I do want to note one thing at the beginning of the pandemic, when the hospitality industry was just hit so hard um, and frankly, restaurants, you know, had to close down. They had a lot of food on hand mm-hmm. and they collaborated with us, uh, Chef Jeff Bacon, um, Chef Sammy Giannopoulos, uh, who uh, won the owners of Fratelli's and Three Bulls. And, you know, they coordinated some efforts. I'm leaving out a number of people who were core to that to basically 
gather all the food from area restaurants that was not going to be utilized. And they created um, basically a, what they called the herd cafe, which herd is a restaurant in uh, yeah. Yeah, term. And um, basically it was a response uh, to the needs of people in the hospitality industry. So they were serving three to 400 folks a day who were coming through a line with wonderfully prepared food and produce that was given as well and some other um, uh, resources that were provided to folks who had been immediately hit by the pandemic. Oh, wow. And so that was a fantastic way to repurpose that yeah, food to make sure it didn't I had no idea that that went on. That's great to hear. Our community just blows yeah. me away with the how just everybody's just so they just we just love each other and we're just all about helping one another and i it, love that it's it's really cool and a lot of our work that we do you know people oh second harvest they provide food just like well the ways that we approach thing approach things and are creative and trying to address needs that are emerging or immediate it's pretty cool and yeah. amazing and again it's done because of what you said this community helps us step up and we have a lot of partners out there that make it possible. Yeah, y'all are doing amazing things. Before we, uh, before we close out, I do want to touch briefly on Providence. That's such an awesome, awesome thing that y'all have. We actually have our June Girls Night Out at Providence at the Manor House because yes. you all moved to Tanglewood Manor House uh, during COVID. And tell us a little bit. I think most people are familiar with Providence, but for those who are not, tell us a little bit about that program. Well, it's now 15 years old, which is wow. amazing. Um, and one of my favorite very quick stories is I was actually working at the United Way of Forsyth County when Nan Griswold, the founding director of the food bank, and Jeff Bacon came to visit me and said, we have this idea that we want to bring to life here. And it was Providence. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm sure our volunteers will support it. And we got right behind it. Uh, to be able to help, uh, you know, support Jeff and moving that forward. But basically the core of Providence is a culinary training program focused with, on individuals who have significant barriers to employment, maybe incarceration, homelessness, history of substance abuse, just very poor work history, helping them find a path, not just a job, but really a career path for them. And we've graduated over 700 individuals. I think we're up to 765 now. And, um, you know, have a great success rate. About 75% of the individuals who go through the program have gotten a job and sustained a job for at least a year. That's as far as we track. Yeah. Um, you know, once you're in it for a year, we know that you're, you're good. You're going to, you yeah. know, whether you, um, you know, you can kind of write your own ticket after that, that point. And uh, so it's been incredibly successful. We have social enterprises and other training as part of those social enterprises. And Tanglewood is the latest uh, collaboration with Forsyth County that we're so happy to work with. Um, this weekend, we'll be, you know, providing concessions at the pool. Oh, um, awesome. If you're a golfer and you go out there, you can get food at the grill. And it is. A, I've heard good things. It's wonderful. It's not like, you know golf concession food, you know, we're talking amazing sandwiches, salads, um, yeah. all kinds of things. And then the manor house is a different piece for us because that's a bed and breakfast. And so folks stay out there. We of course provide breakfast. And then as you said, the girls night out and some other pop-up events that, that we have happening, um, yeah. periodically. And the best way to follow that is to on Facebook is to check out second harvest Facebook page or the Providence, uh, facebook page awesome 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for giving us a behind-the-scenes look at Second Harvest Food Bank. Y'all are doing amazing things, and it's just it's amazing to watch. Well, Brooke, we appreciate all that you do to bring to life uh, what is happening here in Forsyth County. Yeah, thank you. And as always, you can find Forsyth Mags on the web, on social media, at Forsyth Mags and ForsythMags.com. And that's a wrap for today. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful. <laughs>